the Koi Gig part. Who is this serving and what is the end goal would be kind of nice to know. I feel like we haven't had quite enough Irish bias this year, so I am quite happy to see this. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You're welcome along football show. We have our final. Argentina, France, three o'clock on Sunday. Messi against Mbappe, whatever way you want to sell it. It doesn't need much selling. We're going to talk to Tim Vickery later on. He'll join us from Brazil. They are licking their wounds and also in a mild state of terror at the prospect of Argentina winning the World Cup. So Tim is going to join us very shortly. Our first guest, though, has had a tricky week. Golf courses around the country succumbing <laughs> to the weather. So really, he's had nothing to do except watch football. Damien, hello. Hey, Joe, how are you? Yeah, you're not lying there. You're not wrong. (laughs) I think I was phoning you today and said, do you want me to come on your show? (laughs) If you want to think about Damien's week, he's just been standing at the window looking outside as his children have tried to get his attention. (laughs) Chipping in the back garden. Yeah. That's about it. So Morocco's World Cup has come to an end. France are in the final 2-0 win. Give us your general assessment of the game. Deserved winners? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, France are an incredibly... um, complete side they have pretty much every department um covered they give up a lot of possession or possession they hand the initiative to the opposition like we saw in the england game and they're quite comfortable just to drop off five yards narrow up a little bit and and, and soak up a bit of pressure they do give up a few chances um which would be the slight worry um but you know they're more than adequate defenders they've got a top goalkeeper so um they're a fairly well-rounded side i suppose in my opinion on france yeah, perfect start as well. Teo Hernandez with the opening mm. goal. That's just not in the Moroccan game plan. But they responded reasonably well for a side who aren't used to going down in a game and yeah. in particular a side you know whose plan is really based on keeping things tight and, and uh, you know letting the game develop on, on level terms and, and picking a team off. So they didn't go to pieces by any means. No, they didn't. And even in the first four minutes, I, I, I thought to myself, um, Morocco looked really comfortable. They were stroking the ball around in their own half, and France almost lulled you into a false sense of security because you know you expect you know with the amount of Premier League and Champions League football, high press, counter pressing, those are the words that that, that 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 are always flying around. France are quite content just to narrow up and drop off and, and let the opposition have it, and then France just have that ruthless killer instinct. Top top players that can wait for their moment and then take it. Um, ruthless in in, in, the, in their efficiency, um, and then of course Morocco are kind of put in a position where they're not used to it, like you said. But France almost give that to you know. I, I, I know a lot of people said England did really really well against France and perhaps deserved something, and they were the better team, yeah. and they were. But I don't I don't think that was a virtue of England taking the initiative. France just gave it to them. You know, England were behind twice in that game, um, and. They were behind for an awful lot of that game and France gave England the initiative. And when you think about it, what did England really create? Apart from the Harry Kane chance in the first half where I think it was up in Mancano got rolled and Lloris made the save at Harry Kane's feet. Other than that, I think France controlled an awful lot of what was happening with England. Um, and of course, England needed two penalties. And pretty much the same tonight with Morocco. Morocco will be really, really proud of their performance. And they will argue they created more chances than what England did and probably deserved it the very least a goal but 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 as I said France are, are, are seem to be okay with that yeah what's your sense of why France play like that there's the obvious point that Giroud mightn't be high pressing fanatic um, but I, I, I've seen France described 
as almost a cluster bomb that mm. out of possession, they almost retreat, as you said, into this compact shape. And then mm. when a turnover happens, it's like mini explosion and you have to belly up yeah. one side and bap it. Yeah. And, and the whole thing just springs to life. And I guess yeah. bringing a team onto them is a very, <laughs> it's a very dangerous position for any team coming onto France. So maybe that's the logic. Yeah, but I think Didier Champ looks at what he has. He has world-class players who are capable of moments of, of, of really exploding into life. So why go chase a game? Why do we feel we have to dominate it and leave ourselves exposed to, to being counter-attacked or, or leave ourselves short at the back? Mm. So he just errs on the side of caution and just thinks, you know what, I trust the Mbappes. Griezmann's having an incredible World Cup. Um, I haven't read a lot of media, but, but I think for me, he's been one of the best players. Um, he's just been brilliant with that new role, playing as kind of a, a deep-lying midfield player. You know, they have the pace on the wings then of Dembele and uh, Mbappe and then Giroud up top leading the line. You know, that balance just works really, really well. It yeah. just fits together, it knits together nicely. But um, Deschamps realises that, you know, you can have a bad half and be out of a World Cup and he just won't take that risk. You know, it's not like a, a Premier League where you can, you know, have a bad half, lose a game 1-0 mm. and you have another game next week. So I think that he just plots his way through it um, and I suppose just works on, on the kind of the percentages, I suppose. So he's not risking the press being beaten and being short at the back and conceding? Exactly. Or, yeah. or even dominating and getting counter-attacked or, or even, you know, even something so small as like a, a conceding from a corner or a penalty, he just wants to limit that percentage of times that, 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 that the opposition have chances to score when France aren't quite set. Mm. I mean, <laughs> this is a minor tangent and we don't have to go too far down it. Everything you're describing there is the opposite of what Ireland and Stephen Kenny are doing of late. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble. No, no, no. Listen, I, I agree 100%, you know, I mean, but you got to look at what you have. We don't have the explosive players that could create moments, um, you know, so we kind of have to force the issue. And I, and, and I guess that's what Stephen is trying to do. But we're almost... A, the other end of the extreme where we just seem to, and I suppose the, the five-minute moment of madness in, against Armenia um, that, that, that we had just epitomises that, that we just committed too many bodies forward and we even left a, a really, really poor Armenia team an opportunity to, to get back in the game. That's the extreme of what Deschamps is trying to um, avoid. Mm. But he can afford to sit in and be compact because he has the players that can turn a game on a dime in, in Griezmann, and Mbappe, Dembele, Giroud's goal-scoring record. So, um, yeah, uh, that's probably as far as we should go on that, Joe. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm, I already <laughs> regret bringing it up. <laughs> to Deschamps' credit, to lose Kante, lose Pogba and to quickly deduce that Griezmann in that role is the mm. way to balance out this side perfectly with no prep time, really, to do it. It just had to be unfurled, ready to go at this World Cup. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Super. I mean, that's what that's what an elite manager does. That's why these managers or the elite, the super elite, get paid what they get paid. They can quickly adapt, uh, improvise to whatever comes their way, not just kind of in-game with substitutions and tactical tweaks, but with, you know, situations they're forced going into a tournament. How, how's... How, how is the best way for us to get to the final? What's the best way for me to set this team up? You know, if we lose the the, the legs of Kante or the, the defensive kind of shield that he gives us, the dy- dynamism that, that we get from him, or the guile of Pogba, and in, in fairness to Pogba fans, he has been full of that. Um, he just needs to devise another way, and him and his coaches haven't done that, but that's just the mark of a, an elite manager. Are you surprised how Griezmann, how good Griezmann has been in that role? No, not really. I mean, I suppose we saw it 
geez, it must have been five or six years ago now for Atletico Madrid. That was kind of his his role, you know. He could just drop into the pocket if he wanted and create. Um, and then he went to Barcelona and that obviously all went wrong and, 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 and obviously France then played him in a different role. But I think he's 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 suited to it brilliantly. Um, but then you have to factor in the other two central midfield players in, in Chumaini and it was Fafana tonight, Rabio as well. So defensively, you know, they're really, really well set, France, so mm-hmm. that they're able to give uh, Griezmann this kind of free role, you know, this kind of free spirit going and feel, whatever you feel, just go and do it and we trust that you're going to create enough chances for us or create enough openings for us so um, it just it, like I said it just knits together you look at it and, and visually it's, it's a beautifully balanced side and, and it knits together really really well and yet we don't want to pitch this as France are impervious because Morocco got through them several times mm. tonight so mm. why is that happening I wonder um, well I suppose you know when you drop off and you invite pressure it, it can get very very difficult and then I suppose you have Mbappe who doesn't come back so it's not an ultra-defensive um, shape. They're ordinarily, when teams do that, the wide players will drop back in and make it like a 4-5-1. But you look at the game tonight, the amount of times Hakimi um, joined in and, and caused carnage down that right-hand side for Morocco. Um, Dembele is not the greatest of dropping back in either. So um, Griezmann probably just drops back in and, and, and fills holes as best he possibly can. But there are gaps. You know, they don't go ultra defensive and, and ask the white players to come back in and really make it hard. You know, they just drop off, narrow in, but not massively. So there are gaps. You can get at it. But I think they backed their centre-backs. I thought they were brilliant tonight what they had to cope with. England kind of pressed, but didn't really create as much as what Morocco did today, which I think when you look at the game tonight... England will be disappointed even more so in themselves that they didn't make more of the, the initiatives that they had. So I think France can be got at um, and especially with Messi and his ability, you know, he will create chances mm. and I think it makes for a good final. I think it'll be a, a nice open game. Yeah, hopefully. Remind me, did you ever come across Giroud on your travels? Oh yeah, absolutely. Loads yeah. of times. Um, I used to I used to always say that he was one of the toughest ones to play against um, and he was. He was so strong, physically imposing um, and a, a traditional number nine, and he wasn't afraid to put himself about, but he always seemed to just, you know, stand in between t- the two centre backs. So he'd just be maybe ten yards on my left, and, and then ten yards on, on on the left on the right side centre back on his side. So he just picked up nice positions, and he was a good focal point for for Arsenal. You know, with all their passing, it was when Ozil was there, and they used to retain possession. Mm. But then they had him up the top of the pitch, and listen. He wasn't slow, obviously he wasn't quick, but he, he put himself about. He used to run in behind as well and offer a threat. But crosses are where you'd be terrified with him because he would just drift off your shoulder and he was so good in the air as well. So, listen, I thought he was great. And I think that, I think the moment I think everyone started taking notice of him was that Van Dijk interview before the World Cup where they asked Van Dijk who was his toughest yeah. opponent. And he said Van Dyke, And I think it was a collective... The collective world jaws dropped when he said that, and yeah. everyone went, "Really?" Um, and I think then everyone started taking notice of Giroud, or well, maybe giving him the respect. I gotta be honest; I, it came as a surprise to me, and I suspect other people that Giroud overtook Henri and became France's all-time top mm. scorer as well. I mean, that was the one where I thought, "God, I, I've missed about fifty of this lad's international goals." You know, I completely yeah. underestimated him on on the international stage. Uh, the quintessential Giroud goal is obviously when he gets across centre half and and heads one in mm. at the near post. So why is he why is he so difficult in that aspect to stop? He, he, he disappears so from your your sightline and he's so big as well. So he gets across yeah. you, and he's big. And once he gets so he he you know if the cross is coming in, he can get across the 
the line of him. Once he gets there, you, you can't get round him without fouling him, you know. So he, okay. he's very, very good at picking up the flight of the ball. So he'll make his move. And, and, and as a defender, you kind of have to pause a little bit, you know, for the cross. You know, you have to wait. Then as soon as the cross is on the way, then you can adjust. But he can gamble. He goes early sometimes. And if he goes early and the cross comes in, you know, short or long, yeah. he gets to the, he kind of gets to the point where the ball drops before you. And once he gets there, then you can't move him. Harry Maguire, uh, for his second goal against England, is case in point. You know, he just gambled in between the two centre-backs. Harry Maguire got there a step late, which mm. people could say that's his fault. I don't think it is. You know, Harry Maguire can't gamble that the ball is going to go there because then if the ball goes out the back, Harry Maguire is out of position. So as a centre-back, you always have to wait till the cross is en route before you can move. Otherwise, you're gambling. Centre-forwards can gamble. That's why they always seem to steal a yard or two here or there. Um, but he just gets there and then Harry Maguire can't get round him and that's where the header kind of comes off Harry and goes into the, into the corner so he's just a, a, a big man um, and he's you know his hair is great too and you know he's, I know irritatingly yeah. good looking I mean yeah, it's, it's, great, it's yeah. everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that is I mean it's quite interesting the way the dice are loaded against defenders with like a good cross particularly yeah. in near post Striker has the right to gamble. You can't gamble in case suddenly it goes over your head and everyone says, why did you yeah. gamble? And yeah. if he's big and he's strong and he gets he gets the flight early, that's why on so many match of the days, Alan Shearer unfairly circles a defender and says, look, he didn't go with the runner. He got nipped at the near post, but it's not as easy yeah. as it looks. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, sometimes people are, you know, there's, there's a lot of catchphrases you can throw out, like, you know, ball watching or he was asleep at the back post. You know, there's yeah, loads, but flat you look, you, yeah, you look deeper at it and you're kind of like, sometimes the worst one is, when you know, the fullback gets you know, gets, you know, battered for like the ball that goes out the back and, and the right or left winger finishes it like, and you're going, oh yeah, the fullback switched off, but you're kind of going, but he had to come in. There was a runner, a late midfield runner, and you always have to take the biggest danger. So when you break it down a little bit more, those kind of catchphrases are a little bit, um, a little bit harsh, I think. You watched Argentina last night, I presume? Yeah, I did, yeah. I watched it, yeah. Um, that was their best performance of the tournament? Yeah, yeah. Very good side. Um, again, did, well Did you cold. think they were a good side before last night? Um, oh, yes, because of the 36 game unbeaten run, and I, I must admit I hadn't seen a whole pile of them. So they're obviously a very, very good team. Yeah. But it's only as the tournament unfolded you started getting a feel for how they are and why they went 36 games uh, undefeated. Obviously, the Saudi Arabia game was was just like a, a shock to the whole world. Um, but I suppose unless you follow South American football, which I'm not sure any of us really do, um, you know the Copa America and stuff, um, you only just start watching them in the group stage, and then you start seeing. You know how they are built. I won't say around Messi or for Messi, but again, similar to France. You know, quite conservative. You know, a lot of hard-running midfield players. You look at Rodrigo de Paul, the 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 guy from Atletico. You know, again, hard-working players would put the 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 mileage in. You know, aren't afraid to tackle. You know, tough defenders. Um, and then obviously similar to France and Griezmann and Mbappe, just Messi's moments of magic are just turning games. Um, and and then they rely on that so much. Um, Messi's nearly involved in everything good that, that they do and they realise that Messi can't run or put in the hard yards like they used to so they've kind of built a kind of a, a safety net around him um, but they don't mind Rodrigo de Paul minds doing extra running because you know Messi does what he does last night um, so listen they're a really well organised well drilled side not flamboyant or not you know eye catching there's nothing pretty about them patterns there's nothing Actually, pretty is a bit harsh there, but there's nothing eye-catching about them. No. Um, they're a very, very good side. Um, 
with a world-class player or the greatest of all time really I suppose yeah football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports so Alvarez scores one of the great like bundling his way through goals Mm. of all time Um, and like to be fair to him he's simultaneously not in control of the situation but also very in control of the situation and reacting to bounces off other players and, and has a certain sense of momentum. And then he finishes very well when the chance comes. <laughs> that, that's a very nice description of that there. Too. Um, <laughs> listen, I mean, I don't think he was in control at all. The ball just kept bouncing in front of him. I mean, you know, I mean, so, sorry, Tindrup, and you would know this. I think Suarez can do that kind of thing as well, where it's knocking off shins and coming back yeah, at him. Yeah. And, you know, it, it takes a certain <laughs> something. It does, it does. But I mean, you have to have that power, that, that that forward running, you know, and you do run into people and it hits knees, chests, hips, everything. But it kept falling for him and then he got there and it was a, a, a very good finish, you know, but it was up sitting again at a really nice height for him. Yeah. You know, sometimes those deflections could be up in the air and you're trying to head it or, you know, it's bobbling or you can't quite get over. But I mean, it just sat up perfectly for him. That and obviously the penalty, um, you know, which I think was such a harsh penalty. Um, I, 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 didn't I, agree to- I agree totally with you. Yeah, I, I haven't read any media today, so I could be way out here. Like, you're, but you're in I, the minority. You're in the minority. Yeah, I could, I could imagine, but I, I don't think it is a penalty. I mean, you know, the shot's gone. The goalkeeper's entitled to, um, you know, read where he thinks the shot's going to go. He's read that it's going to go right. Then he can't disappear. On top of that, you know, there's two lads back on the line. I think that goes down as a footballing incident for me. Mm. Um, you know, if the ball was like flicked over the goalkeeper and he's trying to get it on the other side to finish it and, and, and the keeper's in the way, then that's obstruction. But he's had the shot. You know, it's not going in. Um, goalkeepers can't just get out of the way. It's very, very harsh. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a tough penalty, but once the referee gives it, I think VAR aren't going to overturn it. It's one of those, it's that one where if it wasn't given, I'm not sure if they are go back and review it and go, oh, that's a clear and obvious mistake. You know, they just went with the referee's on-field decision. Yeah. No, I think everyone gets it. it. It was a very difficult decision, actually. And I don't think it's a scandal either way. But mm. I, I, my sense was your sense in that the keeper is entitled to come forward to a certain point. And then yeah. at a certain point, Alvarez just runs into him. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, if the goalkeeper is moving forward and the goalkeeper initiates the contact, yeah. I, I, you say more, but the goalkeeper has to perform his duty or do his job, and he did his best to stand up, make himself big. He he he, he made a movement to his right, um, and Alvarez, like I said, it's not like Alvarez was going to get it on the other side of the goalkeeper. You know, the shot had come off, footballing incident for me, move on. Um, so that was harsh and a good break for Argentina. Then an incredibly several good breaks for Alvarez, but then the moment of... Yeah, well, I suppose one of the moments of the World Cup, really, the little shimmy from from Messi. Break, um, break, break that, break that down for us. So he's against ah. uh, Josco Garvajal, one of the best defenders at this at this mm. tournament. He has to beat him a few times. Is is Messi's predicament at the moment? So he beats him at halfway and mm. scurries down the line. But twenty year old Garvajal can stay with him. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but, ten years ago Messi's away, but not anymore. Ah, but it's it's the shimmy afterwards. So yeah. when when the defender gets back around and Messi is is facing the touchline, yes. it's the shimmy to go right on his left foot, and Messi's left footed as well. So every defender, you know, it's easy to say that he he, he bit on 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 the shimmy, and and the defender did bite absolutely. But then it's just the the, the fluid motion, I suppose, of mm. of of the shimmy, and then the outside of the left foot to roll him, and then immediately get across the line of the defender so the defender can't get back you know I mean that's just it was just the thing it, the fluidity of it the beauty of it the grace of it I suppose yes. um, was, was, was something else and, and then he put it on a plate so So I, I presume in 
most instances, a lot of players in the world could beat Garvidal on the halfway line and scurry into the box and, and he managed, manages to get back with them and get goal side and stand them up in the box. It's, it's at that moment, I think, the vast, vast, vast majority of players decide to come back out and recycle possession. They don't think mm. they're somehow going to spin them in the box. That's mm. where the Messi factor takes over. It's at that kind of moment. So is, is Garvidal yeah. very conscious of Messi comes back inside onto his left foot and shoots on his left foot or in trouble? Is that why he really bites on that dummy? Absolutely. Or, I mean, listen, every defender's an agent. You, you, you want to be aggressive. You want to try to win the ball back. You know, you don't want to be too passive, especially with Messi around the edge of the box. Even if he takes a touch back and he rolls it back to a, a midfield player, you know, you still want to try and be in a position where you can stick a toe in and maybe nick it off him, you know. Um, but I suppose as soon as he, like, I mean, the defender didn't even try and win it. He just took a step. Um, but Messi has that low centre of gravity, that beauty of just overselling it you know sometimes as a defender you see him making the move and you think you know he's, you know a dummy is coming but he just doubles back beautifully and as I said then the next just takes him across the line of, of the defender and he's got no chance uh, it was a really well sold dummy I, I don't blame the defender it's very very difficult um, around the edge of your own box most defenders want to be aggressive as I said but um, we'll give Messi all the credit there yeah and like he's such an icon, I feel like Garvidal will be proudly watching that with his grandkids in 40 years going, look, look, watch where he does me here. <laughs> <laughs> There's every chance. <laughs> Made a fool of me. Yeah. Do you see that? That was messy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, I tell, I tell you a funny story. Like when I, when I, when we played Arsenal one time, something very similar to that now. And, and Theo Walcott was playing for Arsenal, right? And same thing, he's facing the touchline and he, he, he went back towards his own goal, um, thinking that I'd buy. And then he doubled back. But the thing is, I couldn't even buy the dummy. So when he went back towards his own goal and he doubled back, I was stood there waiting for him. And he looked at me going, Jeez, how did he read that? And I did. I just couldn't move. <laughs> I just couldn't move quick enough to, to buy the dummy. Ah, oh dear. <laughs> so, like some so super what you're saying there is, if you had been against Messi last night, you would have been unable to move with the first dummy and would have face planted him. Absolutely. I, I would. Away. Like, yeah, but then obviously the flip side of that is, if he does go back inside and bends inside with his left foot, yes. You know, questions are asked of me there. You know, I'm just saying that Gavidal was just too eager or too too yeah too eager he's supposed to try and win it but you know just the way it is and do you think is there any degree because I, I understand when you're all out there there's a degree of like we're all of a level and and players become sort of anonymous but I, I would I would even think every time Messi gets the ball you're you're super conscious it's Messi you know he just mm. has this aura around him even 60 minutes into a game like that you, you might just be more inclined to bite down or do do rash things around him yeah, but you see, like, I mean, if you're playing against someone like that, you you probably go into the game, you think, oh, I want to be aggressive, I want to, you know, stop it at source, get tight to him, don't let him turn. You know, if I can get contact early before the ball arrives or as the ball's arriving, I might be able to have some semblance of control. Mm. Um, but I suppose the first time then that he just takes it in and rolls you, you go, oh, my God. And then the next time you're going, give yourself a yard, don't let that happen again. But then he turns and he's facing you up. So it's just the guy has that low, I suppose the closest I ever would have seen to somebody um, or to play against somebody that was was Eden Hazard. He remember prime Chelsea. He yeah. had that too. We yeah. could just take the ball in, and he'd kind of stick his backside into, it and he'd roll you. Obviously, Messi's another level up again on that. Um, but it's just very very difficult when they're as strong as what they are, and they can react very very quickly to what the defender shows them. And Messi has that ability. So, who's going to win the final, and why? Oh wow. Well, um, I, I look. It's it's impossibly hard to call. It would be like a, a 
an educated or semi-educated yeah. guess. Like I would, I would go with France. Um, they have more weapons. That's the only reason. Um, but I wouldn't discount the fact that Messi just takes over this game. And you know, I think Messi's been waiting for this for for years. You know, we we saw how how um, I suppose lost he looked for a number of years there. The back end of Barca's early days of PSG, we're all kind of wondering has he still got it. Um, I think this has been the only thing that's kept him going. You know, this World Cup. You know, it's his last. He just just probably put everything into it. Post World Cup, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him mm. because I think his heart and soul is in this, and I think it's just he it's, it has the potential to fall off the end, edge of a cliff after this. Yes, um, you like know, he's, he's, he's running on adrenaline and inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Even after the Dutch game, where he gets into like a little fracas with Veghorst in the tunnel and tells him to keep moving, mm-hmm. and even I thought last night where he's 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 almost emoting more. You know, this is a guy who basically mm. didn't blink for fifteen years. We never could reach him as a human being and let. Last night he's at full time. I, I I don't know. Maybe you're the kind of guy who turns off a TV straight away when the match is over. But he was like there with the Argentinian fans, almost tears in his eyes, satisfied mm. smile, taking mm. it in. It mm. all just feels like air of destiny about him. And and as you said, like the last five, four. Well, you can't say five years, given four years ago. But the last number of years have all been geared to this moment. He, he looks kind of yeah. inspired, really. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the, the this for him. He sees it as the crowning moment in his in his in his career, and what a crowning moment it would be as well. I would love to see him do it. I just I just really would. It would be it would be a fitting end for him, you know. And then he could go off into the sunset, um, you know, as the undisputed greatest of all time. Um, I mean, the, the debate would be over then if if he wins this, especially yeah. with the what yeah four man of the matches and how many goals and assists he's had. I mean, he really has had a huge impact at this World Cup and I just you know I think as I said France because they have more weapons defensively they look really really solid but again you can't discount the messy factor Uh, You mentioned England there they never created anything guilt-edged against France so is that down to and here are the various um, uh, rationales or pieces of or or, or excuses or or, or reasons for why they went out just sheer bad luck and and one of those things Southgate's tactics not going for it enough or France just yeah, better I players. So. I, so. I think France have, um, I suppose, like England have the players, but obviously their kind of, I suppose, conservative nature, um, I suppose, has, has kind of hindered them. You know, France handed them the initiative in that game and they just couldn't couldn't take it. You know, they had enough possession, but they didn't create enough chances. They didn't really open up the French team um, at any real point. And, and at some point in, in a tournament, you're going to have to beat someone who's ranked ahead of you. I saw a, a, a graphic today about, you know, top 10 teams that Southgate has win, won against uh, since the World Cup in 2018. I think it's something like only three or four out of 13 or 14. You know, that percentage is incredibly low considering how often he plays, you know, in the Nations League, he plays those teams. So, um, you know, just 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 not good enough. I think another manager could get more of that squad. Mm. Yeah, that is the argument that's been used against him in the last forty-eight hours in the UK media for, by those who are against him. Which is, who has he beaten that was of a yeah. level there that they're yeah. at, or even slightly above? Who they beaten that they 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 shouldn't have beaten? And the answer is pretty much zero. So is it just more attacking lineup? Like Kenny Cunningham was in a Monday. He said Foden should be in there instead of Henderson and get someone else decent on the wing and you know, that that more attacking slant and there'd be more in them. Yeah, I like they have more attacking players. Um, 
and, and I suppose when you have as much of the ball as what they did against France, you're expecting them to do more with it. Mm. Um, and and, and it, just, it just didn't happen. Um, I think another manager, I suppose like, I suppose a question or a, a hypothetical I could put to you is like, if, if uh, England and France swap managers on the eve of the World Cup, yeah. um, like, I think their tournaments play out as they played out. But I think Deschamps probably gets that England team over the line in the semi-final or in the semi-final or the quarter-final, sorry, against France. Mm. Um, and I just think the manager to give him that extra X factor, that bit of bit of belief, you know. Interesting. Uh, we are pretty much out of time, so thank you very much. I hope for your sake the golf course is open and you can resume normal life very very soon. I know I know how difficult this has been for you. Uh, pray for Damien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm telling you, no, man. I'm like I, I, I'm an addict, and um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had anything for. I've, I've, I've been kind of drying out for the last seven, six or seven days but um, just go get your putter go get your putter and a glass at the end of the room and practice your putting and just just try and hang in there okay <laughs> <laughs> cheers Joe thanks man. Uh, thank you so much that was super really great thanks so much Dame Delaney nice, with us there on the line giving us his thoughts on tonight in the World Cup at large the football show is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BD Sport and Premier Sports we'll take a very short ad break Mr Tim Vickery from Brazil on the way Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports